You're listening to Beautiful Color by Lindsay Skidmore. She's an artist and a friend of mine who I've brought on to the podcast today. The podcast is called Ben Learns About Everything. It's a podcast where I invite my friends and guests on to expand our worldview, teach us new things, and just have a lot of fun. Um, Today, Lindsay's going to tell us about her story, how she got into music, and some of the lessons that she learned along the way. I hope you enjoy the show. I'm really bad at introducing myself. It took me about three tries to write my um, introduction and my bio on Spotify. (laughs) And I spent like hours on it. So yeah. Okay. I'm Lindsay and I live in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and I write music. Do you mind telling us a little bit about like how you got interested in making music and some of your journey with Mm -hmm. that? So I was homeschooled in high school. I was public schooled in elementary school and then middle school and high school, I was homeschooled. And um, I was already in piano lessons from the time I was like three years old. Um, And so I'd already played piano. I had shown an interest in making my own songs when I was like nine or 10. Um, it was mostly classical, like just kind of like no sing song type songs until I was a little bit older. I don't know. It's just kind of always been there, kind of been an interest, but, um, I was really addicted to Twitter in high school Uh and there's just, it's a really artsy community. Um, and I was on there one day and somebody, I, I guess I tweeted out randomly. I need somebody to write lyrics so I can write music. And somebody like a a bystander, somebody who followed me and this other girl was like, hey, this girl just tweeted the other day. She wanted somebody to write music for her lyrics. And so then they like connected me and her name. I actually don't know what her real name is. Uh, She went by Ashlyn Miller or something like that. Okay. Um, So on any of my youtube pages or any of my youtube videos that i posted from that time had her like alias name i seriously i seriously don't know what her name is okay and (laughs) um so we kind of just chatted a little bit she sent me some songs and i put music to them It, it just really worked and she her lyrics was so good i could just automatically put some music to it and then if she sent me some more lyrics that i couldn't put some music to automatically she's like okay i gotta go back to the drawing board like this wasn't good enough like i need to fix this and so we we did that for a little while and then i would post those songs and other people would be like i have these lyrics i did something with um i wrote more songs with a person who goes by the alias of aj porter um and yeah that was forever ago but (laughs) after i started writing with aj porter then I started actually writing my own songs, my own lyrics, my own music. Um, And my first song actually was about my birth mom. Okay. Who passed away when I was an infant. Um, And that's when I think my dad started taking my 
music direction seriously. Mm. Um, he was like, wow, like I didn't realize. Like at first he was like, you're just wasting your time. You're not practicing your lesson. You're not doing your homework. You're spending mm -hmm. all your time on Twitter with these people you don't know. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> I was like upset about that because like whatever, 15 year old girl is like on Twitter and mm -hmm. she's obsessed. And like, that's pretty much how my whole high school went. But he, so he didn't really take it that seriously that early on. But then when I wrote the song about my birth mom, who he was married to, he was like actually touched and he was like, okay, you might have a gift. My dad bought us an Elton John CD, like the greatest hits album. Mm -hmm. um, when I was like eight, me and my sister listened to Elton John all the time. Um, uh, we listened to a lot of, I don't know, just, um, Paul McCartney, mm -hmm. the Beatles. Mm -hmm. I was obsessed with the Beatles for so long. And I literally at one point had, I, I legally bootlegged all their music. <laughs> um, so I had like all 273 Beatles songs or whatever wow. it is. Yeah. Did you put them on like your iPod? Like yeah. <laughs> Nano. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I got the one that had the video camera on. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, yeah. So I listened to them all the time and my friend Abby got me into Regina Spector when mm -hmm. I was like 14 mm -hmm. and she's been my top influence since then. And so she's, she's really big on the piano. Yes. Um, so yeah. She, so for anyone who doesn't know Regina Spector, <clears throat> definitely piano and voice that's mm -hmm. about it you mm -hmm. know what i mean and mm -hmm. she i love a lot of her songs they're kind of quirky and kind <laughs> of like you know what i mean they, yeah. they really are um yeah she's got a really strong like sense to her and it's not like anybody else's oh music. yeah of course so she's played a huge huge role um she was essentially the model of my songwriting mm -hmm. okay um for a while. I think it's changed a little bit. She still has a huge, huge influence on my style. Um, but it was really funny, that song I mentioned about my birth mom, I actually played it uh, for like an interview for a composition program at Calvin, which I didn't I didn't go through with because I don't want to pay that much to go to school. Yeah. Um, and I will never have to again. <laughs> um, but the professor, as soon as I was done playing the song, he goes, you listen to Regina Spector, don't you? And I was like, oh my gosh! <laughs> you could see like yeah. the influence there. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah, awesome. I didn't even think it sounded anything like her, but yeah. apparently I just developed a lot of the same styles that she had. Okay. So cool. So for high school and for my freshman year, I had uh, just kind of like the Regina-esque mm -hmm. style that I was working with. Um, and I wrote a lot of songs that are not, that I look back on and I'm like, oh, that was fun. That was quirky, but that would not pass for like what I'm trying to do now. And, um, pretty much that year kind of set me back. Mm -hmm. I went into like a weird depression. I still, um, I was trying to write songs. I wrote some that year. I mean, honestly, my first year was filled with I just wrote so many songs I just mm -hmm. looked back on them like a, a month ago and I was like oh my god 
goodness, like I just wrote so many songs all the time. Mm-hmm. And I think it was still carrying over from high school um, where I would just not do my homework all day long <laughs> and just write songs all day long. Yeah. Um, Cause I was homeschooled. Um, like I would sit and play guitar on my um, windowsill, which was first floor right outside the cafeteria. And I would play guitar and people would be like, yeah, free bird. And I was like, I don't know how to play that. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I get really good comments and then I would get really bad anon- anonymous yik yak comments from people. Yik yak is the anonymous um, site pretty much for colleges to, I don't know where people can relate to comments and you like like it or dislike it and whatever um and so i got some really nasty comments on there um but then when i came to cornerstone it was after that like damaging year for me um and i slowed down and i was honestly really depressed um that was the year i also had my tonsils taken out i had a knee surgery my house got on fire Wow. And it just kind of sent me into a downward spiral. Yeah. Um, so while I was at Cornerstone, I didn't write a lot of songs. And I was really pessimistic about having a future in music. Um, and my junior year was honestly the worst year. And I <laughs> publicly apologized to anybody who I actually talked to ever that year at Cornerstone because I probably offended them mm-hmm. most of the time. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, But after that year, uh, I was planning on starting my senior year in Nashville. Okay. So at the end of the summer, I headed to Nashville. I kind of had an idea of what it was supposed to be like because a lot of my friends had gone. Kind of like the music center Mm -hmm. of the States, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, Yeah. So I had an idea of how it was going to be for me. And it was all of the things that both the the people who had positive things to say. I don't I don't know how I started off that sentence, but it was both positive and negative in the ways that these people were telling me that they were positive and negative. Okay. So I experienced it in both ways. But I was going through such a low point in my life. I just it was bad. Like I, yeah, I had a lot of growing to do. I had no idea what it took to be in the music industry. If I had known any of what I learned in Nashville when I was a freshman, I would have just kept writing songs. Hmm. I would have just kept going. I wouldn't have cared what people thought about me. I would have kept up my YouTube page, like all that stuff. It was just, I just learned so much there. Um, And it kind of, and it didn't only change my perspective of the music industry and of me wanting to be an artist, but it changed my personal life as well. Um, Like I grew so much closer to, um, to God in the sense that he, he opened my eyes to new perspectives um, and also to his will for my life, Mm. which before I was maybe refusing to see but so it kind of was like a 180 and that was a little over a year ago that I came back from there so so what are the biggest like lessons you learned you know you said like you shouldn't care 
as much about what other people think of what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And you said like, keep up the YouTube, like, why are those so important? And like, how did you learn those things? And what else did you learn as well during that time? I think, um, well, I can't say that, um, I coulda, shoulda, woulda, you know, um, because everything that happens leads you to where you are today. Yeah. So, I don't know. I do regret having been fearful of people's opinions, Mm -hmm. um, which is what pretty much drove me away from that first school in Alabama in the first place. But it's good that I landed at Cornerstone um, because I actually was going to start out there. But then the other school offered me a bigger scholarship and... Anyway, but I don't know. I just feel like definitely writing, being creative is essential. Um, There are going to be times where you don't have the words to say or you don't have the music in your soul. Mm. (laughs) Um, But that's a lot of the time where where you learn and grow and then you can do something with that with music and lyrics as you learn, you know? Um, but I think that there was more to, um, Nashville than just being creative. It's learning to work with other musicians. And, um, I was actually introduced to the Enneagram while I was there. Oh yeah. Okay. (laughs) I know about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's really popular everywhere now, I guess. Yeah. But back then, which was like uh, a year and a half ago when I started out there. Um, I learned about it. And I think through that, I, which they taught us, like they literally had a seminar on that and everything. Um, and we had like open conversations about that all the time is knowing yourself, knowing the strengths and weaknesses of yourself, knowing the strengths and weaknesses of other people, how your two types get along and like moving forward with that. Another thing that I learned that has to do with um, people and just being with others is that you can't be the diva. Mm. And I think people named me the diva when I was in Nashville. And it's only because I felt like I wasn't getting what I should have gotten out of the program. Mm. And so I was trying to make it happen. Yeah. And it's not even about like me being the star. It was literally about the fact that there was a click within the songwriting group and other people that didn't, I guess, want to work with me or write with me or something because they just had their own little group, which is fine. Mm -hmm. But when when it's such a small group and I wasn't required, nobody was required to work with anybody specifically. It was just kind of hard because Mm -hmm. I just didn't, I didn't get that experience of co-writing. Like, like I guess I should have, I don't know. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how the real music industry works because I haven't really been there yet. Hoping to, Mm -hmm. hoping that I can, you know, be in songwriter circles and writers rounds and things like that, pass around ideas. Um, but I think just the biggest thing I got out of Nashville was 
learning to work with people and love people and embrace people the way that they are. Um, and if you're in Nashville and you're in the music industry, people just assume that you know what you're doing and you know how to play. People just assume mm. that you know how to play. They don't even have to hear you play. If you're a cool person, you're reliable, like you're a, a good hang, mm -hmm. they like to say, mm -hmm. um, they'll just hire you. Wow, interesting. And then if you prove yourself to be not, then the move somebody else. That'll but, change, yeah. Yeah, but that's pretty much what I've heard collectively. Like I listen to some podcasts too from people who have been in the industry for a long time. And then people in uh, at CMC, Contemporary Music Center, which is the internship place I went to that I didn't mention before. Um, they All of them say that that's the same thing. Like you have to have a good hang. You have to pretty much just... Be kind to people. It's not what mm. people think it is. Like, you can't just be a diva and expect people to want to work with you. So it's just so much more about the relationships is what yeah. you're saying. And I think that's, like, really important to hear because I think a lot of the times, at least what I hear is, like, if you become good enough, then people will want to work with you or hear your stuff. You know what I mean? Mm. In my sense, I like make websites. I spend a lot of time focusing like, how do I become really, really good at sure. what I'm doing? But I think like, like for me as well, the more I've been doing it, just relationships are really important. Um, and it's not something as easy to cultivate maybe. Like I think if you have a good attitude about it, that can help a sure. lot, but yeah. Yeah. And when it comes to music i was challenged to write pop songs okay or marketable songs okay um and so i felt like at the time i was being beat up hmm. um because when you write a song like and you share it with people and then they pick it apart hmm. it's like they're picking apart your heart because it's coming from you like and it and they're not picking you apart they're just picking apart the uh maybe the word choice mm -hmm. or the port chord progression or something like that mm -hmm. but music can be a very emotional thing like if you go to a a pentecostal type church mm -hmm. like people are moved by melodies people are moved by groove mm -hmm. beat um so when you write a song and it's so attached to your heart like that and it moved you to want to share it with somebody else um it can be really hard to take mm -hmm. that criticism and so i think that was one thing that i learned is like learning to take criticism not because they're picking you apart but they're picking apart the product that could be sold mm -hmm. And they're trying to make it more marketable and they're trying to make it more commercial, um, which a lot of indie artists don't like because they feel like it takes away their freedom of expression almost. Mm. So I don't know. It's still a lot of things to work through and a lot of things to think about. Um, yeah. Whether or not to take a record deal, um, depending on your um feelings about that like because mm -hmm. they're going to tell you what you should or shouldn't do 
and what kind of music you should or shouldn't put out. Um, you know, I don't know everything about the ins and outs of the record companies and everything like that, but those are just things that they put out into the sphere that I need to think about all mm-hmm. the time. So I'm always trying to keep those things in mind. Yeah. I think like, like you said, having Regina Spector as like one of your main influencers, mm-hmm. I think you would have probably come against more of this like um, tension when mm-hmm. you were there because you really wanted this like unique vibe, which she has, uh-huh. you know what I mean? <laughs> and then I think to hear someone say like, you got to be more pop. You know what I mean? Mm. I think that's just like hard because it's not like what you wanted to do from this from the beginning. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Have you seen like your style of music change because of that? Not in like a sellout way. Because <laughs> that's not what I mean. <laughs> uh, I hope like, you don't feel that way about no, it. No. But um, like, have you seen your style of music change the more you're like, you know, hearing people's advice and like thinking about what they're saying? Like, has that changed a lot or? Yes. I think that if you're going to take... Um, a song that I wrote my freshman year mm-hmm. or some of my songs in high school are really good. going to be honest. Okay. Some, I think some of my best songs I wrote in high school mm-hmm. when I was just so carefree. Yeah. And I, not everything I wrote was like really sad. Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> but if you took some of those songs yeah. and you compared them to some of the last songs that I've written that I haven't put out that I probably will put out, mm-hmm. um, they're definitely more pop. They're definitely more, um, I don't know, more marketable now than they would have been then. Okay. But also like styles were so different then. Like, mm. like, you know, Ingrid Michaelson. Oh, I don't. <laughs> um, I Sorry. just want to be okay. Be okay. Be okay. I just want to be okay today. Have you heard that one? No. Oh, I'm Gosh. sorry. I'll listen to it right after How this. Do you I know? swear. <laughs> okay. Well, music. Uh, <laughs> when Ingrid Michaelson was more popular, I guess her "Be Okay" album. Uh, she she was just kind of like the popular like indie guitar ukulele style. It was like the ukulele girl yeah. style um, back then. So I think that my style from high school more echoes that. Whereas my style now more echoes pretty much all of my influences, but also mm-hmm. like the culture of music now, like pop music, the R&B, soul type thing. Mm-hmm. So I think music is always going to change with culture. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely after CMC, after, you know, seeing what's marketable and what's not marketable, it definitely has put a strain on my creative process Mm. but also helps me negotiate with myself what is worth putting out i guess Mm -hmm. so okay that's cool so how often are you writing now is it because you said in high school you're writing a ton Mm -hmm. and now i feel like from my perspective you're really kind of getting into it now (laughs) like (laughs) that's how i feel from an outsider (laughs) standpoint yeah um how often are you writing now I'm trying to write every day. Every day. Trying. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah, that's a good goal. (laughs) I mean, it's just, I'm drawn to the piano. Yeah. Like if I'm feeling something, I'm like, I can use this 
to fuel like, I don't know, these lyrics that I wrote last week mm-hmm, or whatever, mm-hmm. or maybe I wrote like two lines and then a month later I end up writing an entire song mm-hmm. based on those two lines mm-hmm. that I had felt like two months ago or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm trying to write more often. Um, it's not necessarily that I'm taking off at this point. I think it was just getting everything together. Um, so these songs that I've been releasing, um, beautiful color, your majesty, numb, and the one next week sleep. Okay. Um, (laughs) those I actually recorded with Nate, Uh Nate Morris back in July, August, we started planning. It wasn't an EP. I wasn't sure if I was going to release them as singles or an EP at the time. But it was back May through August, pretty much. We like set up in the summer to do a lot of recording. And Nate is so talented. He mm. did. He like came up with the the drums. Um, he like retuned all the drums. He set up all the microphones. Like he did the production. He did the engineering. Um, and then he also played guitar on the tracks. He even sang um, <laughs> one of the harmonies for I think Sleep. Okay. Uh, or was it numb? I feel like it was numb. I don't know. I don't remember. It was so long ago. <laughs> but, you know, he was such a really talented, um, gifted producer and mm. musician to work with. Um, but I had written the oldest song is actually Your Majesty. I wrote mm. that after my freshman year. Okay. Yeah, that is pretty old. Then. Yeah. It's been like since summer 2016. Okay. So three and a half years. Was it weird putting it out after this whole time? You know, kind of because the, the style's different. Yeah. And all the style's different. Yeah. Yeah. I liked it. Mm -hmm. Um, and I like it still. Um, (laughs) I just released it two weeks ago. (laughs) Um, but yeah, it definitely was different because at the time, like I said, it was like about three years old. Mm. Um, and so that was the oldest one. The next oldest one is Beautiful Color, which I wrote in Nashville. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a song that I got to take on tour at the end of the semester. Mm-hmm. Um, that was really fun. I got to show it to my professor who helped like produce the whole thing. He was the music director for the show. And it was just like, I don't know. It was just like so great that I got to put it out. Um and so far, that seems to be the hit amongst everyone. I think it's because it's upbeat and the other ones mm-hmm. are like, uh, well, I guess Your Majesty is upbeat too. But, um, and then the next, the next one is Sleep, which is coming out next week. Mm-hmm. I wrote that after I got back from Nashville. And then Numb, I wrote less than a year ago. Mm-hmm. It was about a breakup. Is that a secret? <laughs> I feel like everyone knows. You heard it here first. Huh? I said you heard it here you first. Heard it here first. <laughs> yeah, no, it was less than a year ago. I wrote it, I think, mm. last February. Okay. That's yeah. great. And is that all of the songs coming out now? It's going to mm-hmm. be four or, mm-hmm. okay, four new ones. So I did the last three and then I have Sleep coming out next week. Um, 
And I'm hoping, I just started talking to Nate again about recording more songs, mm -hmm. three or four more. So okay. hopefully I can um, talk to him soon, kind of get the vibe. I don't know of what I'm going to do. I don't even know what songs I'm going to choose. I have a plethora of songs that I could record. Mm -hmm. And I'm also trying to decide if I want to make the next session of songs cohesive or the same way. Um that these ones are, which are, you know, different styles or whatever, but yeah, yeah, that's cool. And so I know what a lot of artists do is when they create all their music, then sometimes they'll start playing at like places or, pubs <laughs> or have you had any experience playing live or like, is that something you want to do mm -hmm. or you do? Mm -hmm. Um, so I did a gig opening for Mike Mains and the Branches, which it was their only, it was their acoustic set. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, it was their acoustic house tour thing Okay. last fall. And so I was on their December 20th show um, in Detroit. Okay. Yeah. So I did an acoustic show with a keyboard. I sang, you know, that was pretty much the only gig besides my senior recital is that like nerve-wracking to get up there and do music or you're, you're okay all. with it like... not at all <laughs> it's not at all i mean i knew it was going to be a small group of people yeah um and for my senior recital which i did last april mm -hmm. um that was like 75 people so that was decent it was yeah. in matthew's auditorium yeah so it could have held a lot more people but um it was still a good turnout i was okay. like really happy with that i didn't i didn't get nervous necessarily in all of the time before that like months before that because i was just so focused on getting the stuff done mm -hmm. um and getting the program together um that i think i only got nervous on my hearing day which is when the professors have to listen in on it yep and like judge and be like, oh, you can play this. You can't play that. Fix this. Fix that. Uh -huh. So I was mostly nervous on that day. But then once I got on stage at my recital, it just flowed. Mm. I just was there. I felt like people are like, are you glad it's over? How are you feeling? And I'm like, no. <laughs> and I'm I'm not, you know, I don't, I feel like I didn't even feel anything. Because I was like, I'm going to yeah. do this again. Yeah. So yeah. like I wasn't nervous and I wasn't like, oh it's over because I know I'm going to do it again. Right. So I performed with a band. Um, I was a part of a band called Dalmatian Stone. Okay. Um, this past year. And I did quit um, for just a couple of reasons, but I won't hash that out right now. Um, but I was on stage with them and I was playing keyboard and I was singing back up. And so that was fun. I was never nervous for those shows because I was like, this is cool. Like, I'm not the main person. I'm not the main act. Yeah. It's a lot less pressure. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. And then probably at least 45 Sundays out of last year, I was playing at someone's church. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I'm used to being on stage. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I did that gig for Mike Maines in December, which was really fun. And then, okay, here's super exciting news. Um <laughs> I just got a gig in Chicago. Okay. In two days. Whoa. 
<laughs> so I learned about that gig like two days ago and I was like, I can throw stuff together. It'll be fine. And um, <laughs> I think it'll be fine. I'm not anywhere close to being ready right now. Okay. Um, but I have some time to put stuff together. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm actually looking at um, finding a booking agent, mm-hmm. manager, mm-hmm. Um, just because I literally can't manage myself. It's not even about a diva thing. It's literally like, I literally cannot manage myself. Mm-hmm. And it gets to the point sometimes where like, you know how you go through those times where you're like really happy and then you're like really sad. Like life, that's human. Um, yeah. I feel like I need someone constant yeah. on the outside who's like, this is your potential. You can play these gigs. And if I have somebody that is like, you can play here, 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 here. I booked them. You're going to do it. Yeah. I'm like, okay. So I'll just go along with it. So um, this one in Chicago, it's a friend that I met um, in Nashville. He's actually from Chicago. And he was like, yeah, I'm going to be DJing at this, this closing party for the Chicago auto show. You should just come play. I'm like, okay. (laughs) So, I mean, it just plopped down in my lap. And so I think like if these people, like my friend who set up the Mike main show and my friend who set up this, um, auto show closing party show, if they believe in me enough to just literally ask me to come, yeah, then I should have enough confidence to go out and book gigs myself. Yeah. That can be, like you said, really hard. And I think it's good that you, you know, part of going to Nashville was also like learning more about yourself. And mm-hmm. I think like I can tell within even your thinking about, <laughs> Hey, I should get someone else to help manage this. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's really smart to like think through how can I do this the best? Mm-hmm. Where do I need help? And like, how can I bring that all together? Mm-hmm. So that's really cool. That's awesome. I hope you get a lot of shows. You know what I mean? <laughs> I love to see you around here in Grand Rapids playing yeah. some more too. I'll try. I'll really try. There's just like something that keeps me from like having the confidence to do the gigs, Mm. to book my own shows. I think it's like, it's, I think John Mayer said, and I think a lot of artists would echo it, that it's easier to play for complete strangers than it is to play for your closest friends. Mm. And I think that, has to do with being vulnerable obviously because like i said before you're sharing your heart you are like in writing songs and writing lyrics and connecting to an audience you have to share the part of you that connects with other people and Mm -hmm. you know a lot of times people don't connect with the happy and the you know um most exciting things in life um they connect with like the deep and the sad. And um, at least me being a four on the Enneagram, Mm -hmm. I think people think about sad things more often than they do. Maybe they don't, but (laughs) (laughs) that's at least me. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just like a, a thing. Like if I were to play shows in Grand Rapids, then it's either no one cares about me enough to come if they don't show up Mm. or uh, they don't care enough about getting to know me or if they come and they don't like it, then they're rejecting me Mm. kind of thing. Mm. And so like, that's like really deep and probably unnecessary Mm. for people to know about me as an artist, but also artists in general is like, 
there is that fear that people are rejecting who you are. Mm -hmm. And like, so learning about the Enneagram, I'm trying to connect that all together. Like just because somebody does this doesn't give me a reason to not like them. Mm-hmm. Or just because somebody um, treats people a certain way, it's not necessarily that they're trying to treat them that way. It's that it's coming off differently to different people because we all interpret things differently. So I'm trying to be more understanding. I'm trying to give people grace for the understanding they might not have yet. Um, so I'm trying to work that into my like confidence in booking shows and doing shows in general and just... Um, not being afraid that somebody I know might show up to one of those shows. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. So you're saying, so it's a lot easier to, you know, go to Chicago. You know yeah. I mean? Where In Detroit. No I knew, one's like, really going to no follow one. you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and play there. Because it's like, I guess in a sense, even if they reject you, you don't know them. So mm-hmm. like, why does it matter? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that's hard. I, I feel like I was going to ask you about that. Like, even if you didn't bring it up, just like how vulnerable you have to be mm-hmm. writing songs. And like, I'm sure that's hard for every single artist. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, just cause it's so real. And if they're about people, mm. if they knew, you know what I mean? If yeah. this person is listening to the song, do they know it's about them? Right. Or <gasps> I guess if it's your friends and they're like, oh, I wonder if she's singing about this person. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I was playing something the other day. And my friend Anne, who goes to Cornerstone, she was like, is that about this person? And I was like, yeah, don't make fun of me. <laughs> no, that's really funny. <laughs> So I think I understand what you mean by like, it's easier to go out and do that. Yeah. And I can play for my close friends because I know that my close friends support me, Mm -hmm. but then it's like maybe people I work with, or maybe it's people I'm acquaintances with, or maybe it's other musicians in the community that are like, they're judging me like every second, like, uh, if I'm like flat Mm -hmm. or too sharp on Mm -hmm. a certain note or a certain phrase. Um, or if I sang the wrong words, or if my arm is moving weird when I'm trying to perform without the piano in front of me and just holding the mic or, Mm. you know, stage presence, all of those things go into what I have to think about, Mm -hmm. um, when I'm on stage. And if I think that those musicians are thinking those things about me, or if I don't do everything perfectly, then I'm just going to be judged and people aren't going to like me or they're going to think that I'm not professional Mm -hmm. or not relatable or I don't know. So it's just kind of a lot to think about and process (laughs) while I'm there. Like, I just want to sing songs. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it just takes a lot of emotional, um, energy Mm -hmm. to be a performer. Mm-hmm. And I probably should um, just do more like meditating because I think a lot and I um, am anxious a lot. Like ugh, since I got that gig in Detroit a couple days ago, or not Detroit, Chicago a couple days ago, my body has been waking me up at least an hour and a half before my alarm goes off. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't need to be up this early. Yeah. <laughs> 
So I don't know. It's just anxiety. I can't control it, but mm -hmm. um, I need to like just kind of meditate, breathe, figure out how to um, deal with all of these things and try not to judge myself too harshly or criticize. Yeah, it's a lot to think about all at once. Yeah. Cool. Well, <laughs> where are some good places people can go to find your music then? You can go to Spotify, uh -huh. Apple Music, okay. YouTube. So you're on all of them. Yes. <laughs> um, it's kind of funny. I keep getting emails from DistroKid, my distributor. Yeah. Who's like, we just found your song on Deezer. We just found your song on iHeartRadio. Yeah. On Napster. And I'm like, I don't know what those <laughs> are. Um, but you're there. <laughs> yeah, I'm there. Um, so yeah, my artist name is Lindsay Skidmore. L-A-N-D-S-E-Y-S-K-I-D-M-O-R-E. And then um, I try to keep people updated on Facebook and Instagram. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So... Yeah, go ahead and listen to the music. It's <laughs> really good. I love Thanks. it a lot. I think you're doing a really good job right now. So Thanks. I appreciate it. But yeah, I just really want to thank you for coming on and spending this time just talking about like what music's like for you, mm -hmm. what your experience has been. And like, I think we can even encourage people in that, you know, mm -hmm. like you were saying, I think some of the biggest takeaways are don't be afraid of people's judgment mm -hmm. if you can. It really just like, create a lot of things you know keep writing or keep creating mm -hmm. um and just kind of see how it goes so thanks a lot for coming today you're welcome <laughs> <laughs>